0: Hey everyone, welcome to episode 11 of Librarians Assemble, your premier audio resource for all things libraries and comics. As always, I'm Josh Stone. For those keeping track at home, yeah, we missed a week, I'm sorry about that, that was on me. But hey, we're back now, and we have a very special episode. This week is part one of our end of year celebration. Angel, everyone's favorite on-again, off-again co-host, is back, and we discuss some of our favorite books, movies, and TV shows of 2015. Before that, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. You can do that wherever you listen to the show. It's a great thing to do. It'll make you feel better. It's certainly going to make me feel better. Also, check us out on Twitter, at Assemble Podcast. You can also send email to me, librariansassemble at gmail.com. And, of course, don't forget to check out show notes from today's episodes as well as all past episodes from our website, librariansassemble.com. Alright, so let's stop wasting time and find out what we enjoyed in 2015. Hey everyone, welcome to part one of our end of year special. Back with us for these two parts is fan favorite Angel. How's it going Angel?
1: Hey, hey.
0: hey. So, as I said, probably in the intro, I haven't recorded the intro yet, so who knows what I've said. I could be lying to you all right now. Um, part one, we're going to be talking about some of the best comic books and graphic novels and anything else that we think of along the way. That came out in 2015. And then the next episode will be some of the things we're looking forward to in 2016. So, Angel, how's everything going?
1: It's going well. It's going well.
0: Have you had a pretty good 2015 thus far?
1: I had a fantastic 2015.
0: Something Expect- tells me you're going to have an even better 2016. I am. <laughs> I am.
1: We, uh, we are expecting a baby in April. woo
0: Nerd <laughs> and, baby!
1: And since I am a true comic book nerd, his name's going to be Buchanan after oh Steve God. Barnes. Because, oh. you know... It's Captain America's best friend. How do you, you not?
0: You guys, <laughs> you guys are ridiculous. Oh, yeah. I, I remember talking to you not too long ago, and you you guys were just hypothetically talking about crazy nerd names, and now you guys got to put it into action.
1: Exactly.
0: And that's awesome.
1: He'll have a semi, he's, the pork going to have, like, a United Nations name, because my <laughs> dad is Mexican, and so we're going to use my dad's middle, uh name as his middle name. Okay. And then my husband's last name is very, very German.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Amen. He's gonna he's gonna be the one to bring us all together.
1: Exactly. He's
0: gonna be the anti Trump.
1: There you go. We will have we will have a little a wonderful little president eventually.
0: <laughs> Lord Lord willing.
1: Uh, okay,
0: so if you wanna send angel birthday wishes or, or birthday, sorry, um baby wishes or baby presents, hit us up um at Assemble Podcast, or you can send us an email at Assemble at gmail.com and send your well wishes along all right angel as as the co-host and as the lady ladies first where are we starting what okay what did we love about 2015
1: my biggest love of 2015 has got to be saga saga, uh, saga had an amazing 2015 um They did have a a small hiatus because Fiona Staples was working on, uh, the art for the new brand new Archie, which Mm -hmm. actually is also one of my picks because really great so far. It doesn't have a trade yet, but the brand new Archie, um, has had, I think four issues now and it's the more modern version of
0: Archie. Yeah. I haven't read Archie yet. I've been waiting for the trade to come out, but the The art looks amazing.
1: Art is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, the storyline is great. The art is phenomenal.
0: Okay, so it looks like Saga, from my quick little internet search, Saga started in 2012. So, what yes. made this this ongoing series that has been around now for three years, going on four, yep. what what made this year so compelling for Saga for you? They without changed. getting too many spoilers.
1: Yeah, without too many spoilers. Because uh, when the comic first starts, it's Alana and Marco. Um Alana is from Landfall. Marco is from Reef. Um, and they are supposed to be warring sides of the universe, essentially.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And they fall in love and have a baby. And her name is Hazel. And this year, Hazel has grown up. She's She's been the un- overlying narrator um, as oh, okay. this unseen adult in the background,
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: telling her story of her childhood, because for whatever reason, she remembers it all.
0: Um, Alien and, power, maybe?
1: Right, exactly. <laughs> I remember nothing before five, but whatever.
0: I remember nothing before yesterday.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, yeah, Hazel is the overlying narrator, but she, in this this year, has... I think she's three to five this year now. Okay. Um, has been telling her story. Her. It's more of now... Trying to reconnect with her parents because not to give away too much, but her parents are not around right now.
0: Not
1: by their own choice.
0: I would imagine not.
1: And she is her grandmother um, from her father's side and Isabel, the babysitting ghost.
0: Oh, a babysitting ghost.
1: A babysitting ghost.
0: (laughs) Um, I'm going to recommend you don't get one of those when you have your child. Yeah. Just get a regular babysitter.
1: Regular babysitter. It's a good plan. (laughs) but yeah very cool
0: so how many did some trades for saga come out this year did how many how many many trades for saga came out do you know
1: i want to say two trades two trades
0: came out sounds good all right anything else you want to say about saga before moving on
1: i wish i could other than other than amazing bounty hunters in it called uh the will and and they have their own backstory as well, too, that comes into play.
0: There aren't many people in this world who are unfamiliar with Saga. But yeah. for those who are, who who aren't, I'm not quite sure what I'm trying to say now. Um, <laughs> sure. For those who are not familiar with Saga, what could you compare it to? What What's similar to Saga? Or what kind of I mean, genre on, would you throw it in?
1: At first glance, it's kind of a... Adventure. I, I almost if not to sound overgeneralized, but if you <laughs> like Star Wars, mm-hmm. you probably will like Saga.
2: Okay,
1: it's a different kind of thing, mm-hmm. but it's also very there's intergalactic fighting mm-hmm. and there's still this like kind of backstory love story and it's really cool
0: it's just really cool very awesome and
1: again it's fiona so the art is amazing
0: yeah she's one of the best around right now
1: Yeah.
0: okay so now i will pick my absolute favorite book of the year oh, wow. <clears throat> and so i feel like anyone who has listened to this show will know already what i'm about to say <laughs> <laughs> the wicked and divine is my <laughs> pick for 2015 this comic started in 2014 But their latest trade came out this year. The Mm -hmm. Volume 2 came out this year. This this series, um, we did a whole review with spoilers and everything a couple episodes back, Angel and I. Um, This series revolves around a group of people who are chosen to be the embodiment of various gods throughout various religions and cultures. And... They form the Pantheon once every I forget now, it's been a while since I've actually read it once every 90 years or so. 90 years.: Yeah. so they have to, they become the embodiment, they get their powers, and then they only live for two or three years, I forget. I think it's two years. two
2: years. and
0: then they die, and then 90 years later, it happens again. So the premise of this book is this particular Pantheon is very pop music, rock music influenced. And they're all, you know, like musical gods. And they're all kind of different embodiments of pop culture and and music personas. There's people who have like a Rihanna persona, people have a Prince persona, and so forth. And it revolves around kind of a conspiracy of who's in charge of these people, who makes these decisions of who's chosen, and... It's slightly confusing for people when they first get going. I've heard a lot of people start reading it and they're like, I have no idea what's going on. But when you, if you stick with it, it's a really, really good story. I believe, and I can tell you real quick, I believe they're on issue 13 or 14 right now as a series. I will verify that information. They are on issue 16 right now. as the newest issue. Though I only have two subscriptions, current subscriptions, because usually anything else I I do in trade format or you know, get at my library and stuff like that. I have two current subscriptions, The Wicked and The Divine is one of them. I can't recommend it enough. If you like if you like strange stories, if you like The Sandman but you wish there was more music involved in it. (laughs) <laughs> then the wicked and the divine is perfect for you. If you're a fan of, you know, like if you've taken a religious, a comparing religions courses in college, you and you enjoyed it, you'll definitely enjoy this comic series as well. And Angel read it; you liked it as well, right? You, you, and it's not usually it's not right up your your alley.
1: It's not my normal, yeah. But at the same time, it's, it's phenomenal. <clears throat> And I also appreciated it because of the British aspects that they threw in there pretty frequently.
0: Yeah, it's heavily British. It's created by yes. two Brits. Yep. So it
1: Which, takes
0: place. I, it takes place in London.
1: My grandpa is from there, so that's one of those. Oh, oh, I know these little slang words yeah. there, so here mm-hmm. once.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's real fun. It's like, uh, yeah, it's like the BBC version of <laughs> the Sandman or something. So that's two image comics we've we've cracked out already. And I feel like Angel and I were talking before we hit record here. There's gonna be a lot of image comics. And that's yeah. because Image had a stellar year. And, and it's also because Angel and I don't really read that many superhero books. Yep. But of the I'm two g- of us <clears throat> Yeah. Of the two of us I think I read probably more superhero ones. Yep. But I'm never current on them. Um,
1: See, the, I'm the, I read Deadpool, yeah. and he's kind of an antihero, mm-hmm. I guess. Because um, my problem is DC has gone off the deep end a little. DC
0: lately. has gone bananas. <laughs> okay, so while while we while we just kick DC in the mouth, I do want to say something though, because I do, I do have I do have a couple superhero books I want to talk about. So why don't we just go ahead and get those out of the way now, since we brought up DC? Yeah. So, as far as DC goes, in my opinion, and I know this isn't a very popular one, because I know a lot of people love the current run of Batman, and I like Scott Snyder as a writer. I think he's really good. There's a, a book by Scott Snyder we're going to talk about in a little bit that came out this year, but I'm not a big fan of the current Batman run. I'm not really a big fan of any current DC run, except for The Flash is doing really well in The New 52. Mm-hmm. but i don't have him as one of my best of 2015 ones because honestly i'm kind of a few trades behind on flash yeah but for my best of 2015 from dc i have to say batgirl the new batgirl is amazing okay. um the art is just phenomenal it's um who did the art on that one bab um bab's tar which is Great, by the way, that somebody named Babs is drawing Babs. (laughs) But the art is really, really good. The story is really fun. The first trade came out this year called Batgirl of Burnside, and it's really fun. Batgirl is, like, college age now, um, so she's kind of, like, hanging around a bunch of hipsters, and, like, Burnside is kind of like a Brooklyn-esque place of Gotham. Yeah. And it, it's really fun. It's a great book. I, I really enjoyed it. And the other one, I've only read a couple issues, but the new Black Canary run is really fun, too. It's like a more hardcore version of Gem and the Holograms. Like she's in a... Dinah's in a, in a band right now, like in a goth punk band, and also fighting crime on the side. <laughs> so both of those books, I think, are, are are well worth anyone's time, even though they're New 52, and New 52 is pretty crappy <laughs> for yeah. lack of a better term but those are my two DC picks have you um, any DC books that you read this this year that are worthwhile
1: uh, uh, I wish I could say yes I just got so disappointed with the relaunch Cause I, I, I try to make the effort because I have the advantage of working at a comic book shop So
0: oh yeah we didn't, we well. didn't really get into that um, <laughs> I'm yeah. spoiled so yeah, I, I'm you know, the yeah I'm the librarian side Angel for those who haven't listened to any past issues episodes with uh, Angel she's the the com- the local comic book side so
1: I I have the advantage of being able to read the number ones when they come out mm-hmm. and I try to read all of the number ones when they come out to try and give them a shot and I even try to get the number twos of some of them that I might not have loved the number one of mm-hmm. um, just to try and See what's there and what I like. And I just got so frustrated with the relaunch that yeah, I, I, know. I, I, I like old school and I like old school Marvel. I just, it's really hard for me to embrace this bizarre new, yeah. <laughs> new universe. Um, I did have, um, one of my really great, phenomenal, and I trust all his choices comic wise. Co workers and friends. He uh, recommended the new um, Thanos series.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: I know we're not doing DC, or I know I'm skipping over DC, but that one was the one that stood out for him. So I just. It's hard for me to pick a DC comic. Because, like you said, I tried so hard Batman because Batman is one of my favorite heroes. Yeah, Batman's a great hero. Yeah. And I just can't get into this whole. Gordon as this bunny suit armor Batman. Yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> I know. I like Scott Snyder as a writer. I think he's a really good writer. I do. I like most of like who's the main artist who's been on Batman with Scott Snyder is what Greg Capullo or however his name is pronounced. I forget. I don't have it in front of me right now, but I think he's been the main, yeah, the main Batman artist. And I I really like that art. Like every time I that's see really art cool. from Batman, I think, wow, that looks. That's a good looking Batman. That's a good looking series yeah. they got going on. But there's just something about it right now that's just—it doesn't feel right, and it also feels to me a little bit a complete tangent here. It also feels to me like the new Fifty Two is really temporary. Like it, it, it feels like they've changed so much of of so many of their characters mm-hmm. that like this is this is all just going to turn out to be another alternate universe or another another multiverse in the DC universe that like it's not I don't feel like it's worth it
1: I honestly hope because I've I've heard whispers of what happens in uh, Batman Mm -hmm. Batman 47 I've heard whispers of what happens and I'm desperately hoping that so far this series of Batman that it's basically Bruce having a giant nightmare
0: Yeah. (laughs) and is that sad when you have to hope that a series you've been reading for over a year just turns out to not be real Well,
1: and the thing is, I've read Batman my whole life. Mm -hmm. Like, I love Batman. Batman, I mean, and I know I will get (coughs) blamed for it.
0: Oh, we're going to get crucified for all this.
1: Dark Knight Returns. I love Dark Knight Returns. And (laughs) I was excited when Dark Knight Returns 3 came out this year, which was two weeks ago. Um,
0: That is not not on my list.
1: Dark Knight Returns is what uh, got my husband actually back into comics and stuff like that. Cool. So... I I have an affinity for Batman and I desperately wanted to love this Batman series this year and I just couldn't get into it and it was one of those things that I felt like such a shitty Batman fan Uh because I couldn't embrace it
0: (laughs) I know the the only of the main superheroes they have right now at at the new 52 what they did with the Flash for the first few volumes the the artist and I'm not going to remember is Francis something what was his name Manipole or what I forget. Oh man, terrible right now because I was not prepared to talk about Flash. Um, anyway, the guy they have they had doing the Flash both writing and art for a while mm-hmm. was fantastic. The story was great, the art was fantastic. Um, yeah. he stopped doing the art, I believe. Francis Manipul, hey, I was right, and uh, Brian Book. B- Buxilato? I'm not quite sure. Some very, <laughs> very Italian last name.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, the two of them did a really great job on the first couple Flash volumes. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure Flash is really good because I think Manipul is still writing it. I just don't think he's doing the art anymore, if I'm not mistaken. And I'm sure it's still pretty good. But it's just not it's just not worth it anymore right now because the art was such a big draw. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, Batgirl... I think is worth it. I think the story is really good. I think the art's really good. And if there's any character in the DC universe that needed a reboot and needed a change, it was Batgirl. So, yeah. so I'm really I, happy that they went I for that.
1: The first trade of, uh, of Batgirl. And I did enjoy that one. Mm-hmm. I liked it. A
0: lot. It's really fun. It's, it's, it's really cute. It feels like a pretty good, like all ages type superhero book, which there aren't really many of, especially in DC.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I thought that was good. And real quick on Marvel. Marvel also, in my opinion, didn't have a, a stellar year. They had Secret Wars going on for most of the year, which...
1: Yes, which still hasn't finished.
0: What's Oh, God, are you serious? I thought it was... Yeah. No. No, nope. nope, it keeps getting pushed
1: back.
0: Oh, Jesus. Anyway, so... <laughs> for my money, and I feel like for most people's money, because I haven't really heard anyone say anything good about Secret Wars... Um. Miss Marvel has had yet another fantastic year. Yeah. I believe the second volume of the Miss Marvel series came out this year. You can't yes. go wrong with Kamala Khan. She is one of the best superheroes. They need to quickly greenlight some TV show or movie based on her. Yeah. Preferably a TV show.
1: And it needs to be on Netflix. And Netflix has had a stellar Marvel year.
0: They they have <laughs> They absolutely have. I'm not sure how Kum- Kumala's superhero would fare in the Netflix Marvel universe. She's not as dark as as Jessica Jones or Daredevil. So I'm, I'm afraid Netflix would try to make it too dark. But w- we desperately need a character like her right now, especially with Donald Trump running around trying to get rid of Miss Marvel pretty much. Trying to kick oh. Miss Marvel and her family out of the country. Um... And the other one that I thought was really fantastic from Marvel this year, and should come as no surprise at this point since all of the superheroes I've talked about have been female superheroes, Squirrel Girl. If you have yes. not read Squirrel Girl, you need to fix that. It's Ryan North, and I forget...
1: It is surprisingly it, amazing. I
0: forget the artist, and I'm really, really sorry about that right now. I'll I'll look it up, but Squirrel Girl is hilarious. It's She's like... Um, Erica Henderson is the, is the artist. She's like what Spider-Man used to be, you know? She's got quick, you know, like little witty, little witticisms. She's fun. She's like a lot of like wacky adventures. I think she fought Thanos at one point this year too, or Thanos came into one of her comics at some point this year. But for such a strange premise and for a character that's been around for a while, that like was relegated to you know whatever canadian superhero team they were putting together at the time the unbeatable squirrel girl is definitely worth worth your investment and it was a new york times bestseller for quite a long time too as was uh miss marvel when miss marvel came out so that's my superhero tangent um superhero comics this year have not been good in my opinion Superhero TV shows, on the other hand, this year have been very good.
2: They have been very
0: good. You you hinted Daredevil and Jessica Jones, I think. Amazing. If you if you want some good superhero fix and you want it in a serialized form, yep. I think Daredevil and Jessica Jones are your best bet, followed very closely by The yeah, Flash.
1: Because you won't leave your couch if you start watching Daredevil. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's all there. The whole season is on Netflix. hmm so you literally... You have to remind yourself that you need to see some sunlight. That you, you,
0: need, yeah, you, need, you need to bathe. You need to bathe. You need to bathe. Yeah.
1: Eat something.
0: Yeah, Christina and I just finished Jessica Jones the other day. We didn't binge it all in one day, but... Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty...
1: space out Jessica Jones at this house as well.
0: So. Yeah, Jessica Jones is one you definitely need to space out, because yeah. otherwise you're just going to be depressed and...
1: Well, and... God damn it, David Tennant is not a phenomenal villain...
0: Like. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. I have so many thoughts on that. Just like, <laughs> like my my biggest thought is
1: Doctor Who mold.
0: I know the my my biggest thought with Kilgrave and Jessica Jones and I and this not any spoilers, but he he's a really terrible human being. Yeah, Kilgrave is, and his his power is to control people and make them do thing, make them do whatever he wants, and he to. he completely abuses that. Yeah, and he he basically takes people's authority away from them. He takes their control, their will. It's it's not even a very deep metaphor no. for for rape or imprisonment or or, you know, white male privilege in this world. It's not even you don't have to scratch very hard to get that metaphor. And I like many other people were afraid when they cast David Tennant as Kilgrave that like quote-unquote fangirls and and people who love a good anti-hero or a good villain would give him the Loki treatment. Yeah. And for the most part, that didn't happen. But there were many times where I was watching, especially the latter half of the season, where you're like, I know his character has to be somewhat charming because that makes his power more believable. But David Tennant can't not be charming. So if you give him a slightly funny line to say or a f- slightly charismatic thing to do, David Tennant will do it and it will be amazing. Yeah. And so you'll find yourself kind of like chuckle or like be drawn to him in some way because of David Tennant being just so good. Even, I don't care if you've seen Doctor Who, David. you see David Tennant even in like Kilgrave, you're like, oh wow, he's pretty charismatic. I wish they would have...
2: Street, who, yeah, I
0: was gonna say I wish they would have had him. I wish they would have filmed this right after he was done with Broad, Broad, Broad Street, Broadchurch, Broadchurch, yeah. or Broadchurch, Broadchurch, Broad because he was such a dirtbag in Broadchurch. He wasn't. Yeah. He wasn't charming or charismatic at all in Broadchurch.
1: No. So, but he still somehow identified with him. Yeah, like.
0: Yeah, like I wish he would have been able to find some mix there because yeah. from my from my opinion, he was a little too goddamn charming. And I'm afraid he that there are people out there who are, who like him now as Kilgrave.
1: I, I am one of those people, though. <laughs> I, I don't identify with Kilgrave at all. And Nobody I, can. That's horrible. Except, except
0: really he, rich white people.
1: But he's just so damn charming. And when they bring in the... Oh, wait, I don't want to do spoilers. Yeah, me. try
0: not to do yeah. spoilers.
1: Um, When it's, they bring in his background as to how he became this...
0: yeah. That, that bothered me a little bit because I was like, great, now everyone's going to feel bad for him. But I think they handled it enough where, like, yeah, something bad happened to him, but he's still a piece of shit.
1: So with Jessica Jones, for me especially, <clears throat> it just did a really great job of translating. And I think that's one of the advantages Netflix has with shows is that they have the advantage of not having to conform to a certain script. So, with Jessica Jones and Daredevil, they took so many elements from the comics and kept them in the story.
0: Yeah. Even I, if they didn't really... Sometimes it felt like they didn't really work for the show, though. No. Because, you know, like um, sure. the twins? Yeah. They 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 weren't in the comic, but they were represented by... Who was it? I forget in the comic. There were two ridiculous people in the comic who lived next to her. I think one of yeah. them was Malcolm. Mm-hmm. And I forget who the what the other person's name was. Oh, I but know. they were they were kind of like the comic relief in the comic books yeah and it worked because the comic book had a lot of fantastical elements didn't um or Kazar or Kazar in Marvel's Marvel's Tarzan at some point came around trying to get her to go to the savage land I think at some point alias yeah but um so yeah I mean they kept they kept parts of the comic books even even if it made it feel a little weird for its Very noirish take, but I I appreciate it as as a fan of the comics. So, all right, any other last words on Jessica Jones? No. no, Okay. (laughs) So, we knocked out some superheroes. We knocked out some TV shows that we liked. So let's get back to what we thought were some really stellar recommendations for 2015. What would what's next on your list, Angel?
1: Uh, next on my list, uh, Birthright came oh, out.
0: Birthright! This year.
1: It is—it's a fantasy mm-hmm. comic, um, and again, it's image. My whole list is image, I so
2: mean, I, I to be.
1: had a bias this year. <laughs> but um, Birthright came out. It—it's um, kind of a fantasy drama y thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it's very much kind of uh, folklorey but it's their own folklore like within the comic um, and let's see Josh Williamson writes it Andre jo- was Rex Josh
0: Williamson did he do Robin way back in the day I'm going to look that up because I think look he, that up. yes I think he did and I think it was one of my favorite Robin runs just, but yeah. just a side note I'm a big fan of Robin you can send me hate mail if you want I love I love Robin especially <laughs> like- Tim Drake Robin is pretty damn good anyway go ahead
1: uh, well, and oh, that's one I had I didn't hate since year was Grayson.
0: That's yeah, great. I didn't read it. I want to put it on my list just because I know I'm gonna like it, but I did I didn't read it yet. So
1: it's good. It's not. It's it was one of the better.
0: It looked pretty. It looked pretty cool. I liked. Yeah. What I saw of it.
1: But yes, uh, birthright came out, and it's about um, it's about this boy, and mm. his name is Mikey, and he is I want to say like ten, and he's abducted. And his dad is accused of the abduction, becomes a whole thing. The town hates the dad. The family breaks up over it. Uh, And his brother is named Brennan. He has a a younger brother. Mm -hmm. So flash forward to uh, it's been 12 years in the planet that he goes to, which Mikey gets he gets uh, abducted and taken to called Terranos, um, and he fights basically a war. He grows up and fights a war in this fantasy world, oh, wow. and somehow makes it back to Earth in the first in the first issue in trade, and tries to reconnect with his brother cool. because Terranos is about to somehow come into the real world. So. It's all about now fighting that battle here on earth, and mm. it blends reality mm. with fantasy world
0: yeah it sounds like a pretty good book. fantasy book yeah
1: and it's a ama- I love it I love it and it has I want to say two trades so far okay so
0: sounds good. I can't find anything about Williamson doing Robin, but that doesn't mean he didn't. it just means like I feel like this was a long time ago. Like, back in, yeah. like, the early 2000s is what I'm talking about. But it could be a different different person. But, yeah, that sounds really good. That sounds like a really cool um, fantasy story. It's
1: a fun one. I like and it a lot.
0: I'm looking at the, because I haven't, like, I a friend of mine was reading it the other day at work. Oh, okay. So I've seen I've seen it, and it's got, like, the cover's got a really, like, sword in the stone vibe to it.
1: Yeah. yeah <laughs> of the
0: first volume, at least.
1: Yeah. Well, and I like it, oh but it's funny for me because the main character reminds me a lot of the guy that they cast as Aquaman. And
0: the, the new, oh, really? The Khal Drogo?
1: Yeah, he looks like that. He's drawn a lot like that. And that's funny. Um, but yeah, I'm First, sure
0: that guy has a real name, but I'm never gonna take the time to remember it. It's Caldrogo.
1: Yeah, it's Khal Yeah. Well, and it's a—he has a very unusual last I, name.
0: Actually, I think I knew I think I do know Jason Momoa. Yes. Did I nail that? Yes. Watch out. I didn't. The The microphone is real close to my keyboard, so you all would have heard if I was clicking and, and looking <laughs> that up. I didn't do it.
2: Uh. That
0: came off the top of my head. Okay, so I believe that makes it my turn now. Um, okay, so I mentioned The Wicked and the Divine was one of two comics that I have a subscription to. The other we have, everything we've talked about thus far has been a pretty serious book. So I'm going to yeah. bring us into the world of Zany. Mm-hmm. The only other subscription I have is for one of my favorite characters in, of all time. That's none other than Invader Zim.
2: <laughs> Invader
0: Zim came back in 2015, which was huge news in the Stone household. Because there is not a person who lives in this house who doesn't absolutely love invader zim
2: <laughs>
0: um it was done the first i believe the first five were done by and vasquez the creator of yes. the cartoon and the art was done by who was it it was the guy i really like what's his name now it was aaron alexovich he also did serenity rose back in the day for slg comics again didn't look that up people some things I do went off the top of my head. So anyway, there are currently five issues of Invader Zim. It's fantastic. It picks up right where the the TV show left off. Um, Alexovich's art is, is amazing. It's very Vasquez-esque. He was chosen because he and, and Jonan did a lot of work around the same time. They both got famous, if you will, doing art for, for SLG, which was... I think it's still around, but I I don't really read them much anymore. I don't know what they're publishing these days. Um, They did a lot of, like, gothic funny books back in the day. They did Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. They did Serenity Rose. They did, um, did they do Lenore? I can't remember if they did Lenore, if S.O.G. did Lenore or not. But they were were all in that, that family of weird, gothic comic books that... They're the reason. If you ever roll your eyes that there are comic books in Hot Topic, you can, you can blame SLG for that.
1: <laughs>
0: um, they they started that back in back in the early days of Hot Topic, but it's been really really good. The story's been amazing. What I love about Invader Zim right now, I don't know how it will be when Jonan's not writing it anymore, and I can call him Jonan because he hates me. He hates everyone, um, <laughs> so I don't really care if he wants to just be referred to as his first name. Um. Anyway, so what I really like about it is Jonan, since he's writing it, the characters feel incredibly authentic. And you can, if you're a fan of the show at all, you can hear their voices like instantly in your head. You can hear those characters' voices, how they would say the line. So a 30-page comic or a 25-page comic will take you a long time to read because you're acting it out in your head like the actors would on the show because you you really get that. Hm?
1: It's like a little TV show in your head. It's
0: like a little TV show in your head. Yeah. It's been really good. I haven't read the newest one yet. I haven't read five. I think it came out this week or last week. I haven't read it yet. I'm a little behind in my reading. But it's been really good. The art is really amazing. I think Alexevich is gonna stick around for the art. I think it's just Jonin that's leaving because he he really got used to royalty checks and I don't think he just I think he's just happy doing whatever he does. But it's really good if you're at all a fan of Invader Zim, even if you are a casual fan of Invader Zim. And I can't—I don't know anyone who was ever just a casual fan of Invader Zim. It's, it's definitely worth your time to pick up. I really, really love Invader Zim. And when it gets collected in a trade, it's a must-own for every library because even kids who weren't even born when Invader Zim were on TV are falling in love with Invader Zim. It's so easy to get kids everywhere love Gurr. It's it's everyone loves gurr. Everyone freaking loves Gurr. So it's a must own when it comes out in trade. Alright, so that's my Invaders in pitch. Where are we going next, Angel?
1: We are going to go with Chew. Now, I can't remember if we had talked or touched on Chu before. I don't
0: believe we have. Okay. But as has been pointed out in a previous episode, I don't always listen to people. <laughs> But no, I I don't believe we've talked about Chew on the show before.
1: Okay. So Chew started uh, in 2011, but it has had some awesome strides this year. Mm -hmm. Um, It's about... Wow, uh, they're
0: already on volume 10, according to Amazon. Yeah. Wow. It's amazing. I know of the series. I haven't read it.
1: And it's one of the few... I, I love them because it's one of the few series that doesn't take all these really long hiatuses. So oh, it keeps my addiction fed all the time.
0: That's good. <laughs> but um, this is another image one, correct? Yeah. Cool.
1: Yeah. I've all my stuff with image because I'm I'm a fangirl.
0: We're just gonna have to, <laughs> we're gonna have to call this this episode the year of image. Yes.
1: Uh, but yeah, it's about Tony Chu. He is what's called a pack Um, which means he can bite an item and get a psychic like connection and thought
0: oh that's interesting
1: about what's happened to the item like he can bite a vegetable and he can see the guy who picked the vegetable out of the field
0: that sounds like the worst superpower (laughs) can you imagine though like how horrifying like you have to be a vegetarian at that point
1: yeah well well he he eats only meat unless he absolutely has to Uh, Oh,
0: he eats only meat
1: or, no, no, no. He eats vegetables. Oh, he okay. Eats vegetables. I was going
0: to say, so he's a real asshole then. Oh, no. Because he's like, I want to feel well, that animal's pain.
1: An he is kind of an asshole, mm-hmm. which is why I kind of like him a lot.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> he has no time for bullshit, which is I appreciate. <laughs> um, But, yeah, he starts out uh, working uh, for Vice for his local city.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And because this is also in a world where chicken and bird meat is illegal. Oh.
0: Because, I would hate, I would hate that world.
1: Yeah, I would not like that world.
0: I love poultry. Yeah,
1: so cool. I feel
0: very bad for the poultry I eat, but I love it. It,
1: wasn't. it had a But yeah, so he he starts out in Vice and he moves to the FDA, which is now a uh,
0: oh, that's hilarious.
1: A super uh, like secret spy organization. Now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> is it, isn't it already though?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I... Oh, but yeah, it's all about his adventures because they realize that, uh it, they kind of realize uh, on accident that if he bites the, a portion of a dead person, he will see how it happened. Oh, interesting. Or he might not see the person who killed them necessarily mm-hmm. or thing that killed them or whatever. But
0: he can kind of piece it back he together. Get
1: it together. Yeah. Which it. It made me wonder if that was part of the uh, thought process behind iZombie. Zombie.
0: I was yeah, I was sitting here like, huh? But yeah. I, but when did eyes the comic book iZombie Zombie came out? Several years ago, too.
1: Yeah, I don't know who was first. Um,
0: I can look that up while you talk a little bit more about what you want to say.
1: Yeah, but Chu is great. Um, it's kind of revealed along the way. He has kind of a big family. He has um, Chow, who is his older brother, who is a chef. Of course. Uh, He used to be a specifically uh, chicken chef (laughs) uh, on TV. But obviously when chicken was banned, he had to go on hiatus and was kind of ostracized. So he starts trying to run this like underground chicken hut.
0: That's funny.
1: Well, like without letting his brother know about it, which is quite hilarious.
0: Interesting, okay, so to answer who came first, the chicken or the eye zombie um, <laughs> they came out like months apart, so they Wait. didn't really know about each other based on like you know how publication comes out. Chew started in June of twenty of two
1: thousand
0: and nine uh-huh, and eye zombie started in twenty ten I don't know exactly what month, but it' two thousand
1: nine or two thousand one.
0: According to this I don't I don't know when the first trade came out though. The first oh, okay. they might have taken a while to get some trades out. But right. okay. but yeah, according to the article I'm reading here it came out in 20, 2009.
1: But yes, by far one of my favorite elements of Chew is there is a an FDA agent who mm-hmm. is a chicken. And he is a cyborg chicken and his name is El Pollo.
0: I need to oh my god, how am I not reading this?
1: Exactly. Um, Everybody should read Chew. I
0: know I know my library has a couple volumes of Chew, so I'm gonna have to fix this. I'll, I'll start with I'll start Every with thing. them. It sounds amazing. I love all the puns and everything already. Just it's just that you're saying right now. They're fantastic. Okay so <laughs> I love I love a good silly a oh, yeah. silly comic. You know, like that's
1: my, that's my silly comic. Yeah. I, That's fun. Awesome. That's about all I can say without giving a whole lot away.
0: Yeah, yeah. We don't want to spoil too much. (laughs) Okay. So next up on my list would be a comic that started in 2014 but has seen a a rise in popularity in 2015 and had its newest trade come out this year. I'm talking about Sex Criminals. Sex Criminals is a fantastic book. By Matt Fraction and Chip Zdarsky. I believe is how you pronounce his name. Anyway, the first volume came out in 2014. The second volume came out earlier this year. It's an amazing book. It's really... it's If you haven't read it and you want to check it out, both volumes are pretty cheap right now on Amazon. Or you go to your local comic shop. Or Comixology. All of those places I completely support. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah. Volume 1 is really cool. And I... I have to say the premise of volume one sucked me in right away as a librarian. These two it's about two people who have the power that when they when they have sex they can stop time. And they're the only ones who can who can function during that time period. And it lasts for, you know, half hour, twenty minutes, ten minutes it depends on a a few different <laughs> a few different circumstances that I won't get into because it's sometimes a little graphic. Um, but so when, when time has stopped, they can do whatever they want. And so the two of them decide that they're going to rob a bank, not just for the sake of robbing a bank and getting a lot of money, but they want to get this money and in order to save their local library, their local library is out of money. They're not getting the funding anymore and they're shutting down a bunch of fundraisers haven't worked all this good stuff. So. They've decided to use their superpowers to save their local library. So right away, I was like, "Oh shit, I'm I'm on board for this." Mm-hmm. Talking, it's got it's got dirty sex scenes and a library. What what more <laughs> could what more could I want in a book? But um, volume two goes into a little bit more about the the world in which they they live. They're not the only ones with this power. There's actually a whole organization that kind of oversees this power and all, all kinds of fun stuff. So it's really fun. It's really good. Not only is it a fun like adventure type story, you know, like unraveling mysteries and figuring out how to use superpowers and good stuff like that, but it's also a really fun romance story. Like the the romance, the relationship at the heart of this book is is really good. The the two the two main characters are are really fun. They have a really interesting relationship. It's it feels really real, especially Volume One, when they're getting to know each other. It feels, it reminds you of when you first met the person that you love as well, like waiting for them to text you or email you, and and all that all that fun stuff. It's it's really good. I I, I can't recommend it enough. The art is amazing. Chip Zadarsky is is a fantastic artist. Matt Fraction is, a, is an amazing writer. He did great work on Hawkeye and a few other Marvel books. Chip Zdarsky is actually writing a Marvel book right now. He's writing um, Howard the Duck, I believe. So not only are the books fun and, and really like compelling as stories, but if you like a good joke, if you like a good pun, you'll love these books. There's so much dirty humor in these books. a good pun and it's not and the the dirty puns and the dirty humor aren't always just on the surface so you don't have to worry about like you know like reading this book and it's nothing but like really dirty dick jokes every two seconds (laughs) and you're like being said to you but if you take a second to look at like look at the background art you'll find a lot of really hilarious jokes in the background so it's a fantastic book obviously it's for mature readers it's not I, you know, not for not for teens or children by any stretch of the imagination, but it is a really good book. And one of the one of my favorite stories about this book is when my library system first got it. It took a lot of people by surprise when they saw just the title of it, and there was like hot debates in some of our branches as to whether or not they should even put it out. Which I enjoy when librarians who talk a lot about freedom of information try to censor the books they all, they have before, because we all live in a world where we don't want to get in trouble, so mm-hmm. we always you know like we live in a world especially as as government employees we try to preemptively do things to prevent trouble.
1: Well, and even not just government, but em- employees.
0: Yeah, you don't want to get employees in general. Trouble. Yeah, but. I think government employees probably live in a little bit more fear because oh, yeah. of how much red tape is involved in everything. But um, yeah, so it was pretty fun to watch these people try to figure out what the hell to do. We can't, we can't put this book out. What are, we, what are we supposed to do? So that was really fun. And then I remember telling people, like, you know, this this book, the premise of this book is they try to save a library, <laughs> like, and you're trying to take this book out of your library. So that's pretty fun. So that that's my again sticking with image. Sex Criminals is an image comic, so that's my that's my third pick. Sex Criminals by Matt Fraction and Chip Zdarsky. Woo. All right, Angel, you got any more?
1: Um, I have one more because I don't think that uh, the Harry Potter Illustrated Sorcerer's Stone that came out this
0: year. <laughs> um, I'm sure, um it counts for many people.
1: <laughs> I have to say, I I've read Harry Potter i don't even know how many times like each individual book i've read i i can't even count i have that's funny seven different copies of each book from that's, different oh my god because i'm crazy i i am
0: no, I, hey dude you, you're talking to somebody who has an 11 <laughs> year old who would collect every version of harry potter too if she oh, could yeah. if i'd let her you know and honestly a harry potter sidetrack real quick mm-hmm. 2015 you know what I'll I'll Let's do this. 2015, I think 2015... Did I start it in 2014? I'm such a bad reader in general. Um, <laughs> let's say 2015, though. I think I started in 2014. Um, 2015 was the year of Harry Potter for me as well. Yeah. I I had never read or watched Harry Potter. Oh. Um, I had no interest. It didn't come out... It, it didn't come out when we were kids, Angel. No. So, no. like... I it didn't get sucked in that way and then like by the time it did come out I was like at the age where like I was like Ugh, everyone else likes it it must be shit. <laughs> so like I I didn't I didn't read it for that reason. You
1: never like that, Josh.
0: Oh yeah, it was. No. Oh, <laughs> you know I was, you know I was a, <laughs> You know I was a shitty little fake goth kid for many See, years. I
1: was such a nerd though that I didn't even
0: care. Yeah. <laughs> I was such a pretentious nerd for so many years. Oh. Um so, what happened is after that initial thing wore off, after the initial like I don't I don't care because everybody else likes it wore off, I was just like, oh my god, there's seven of these things. I don't really want to. <laughs> like that's a lot of time. And then I had so many friends and and significant others and all kinds of people along the way who were like, you need to read this, you need to read this, you need to read this. Why the hell haven't you read this? I can't I can't. How can I talk to you? I have so many Harry Potter references I need to use, and you're not going to get them. Yep. And so a lot of people were mad at me, but I didn't cave in because after a while, it became the principal of the thing. And (laughs) as I said, I have a stepdaughter, everyone knows this, who is in love with Harry Potter.
1: And she's super awesome.
0: And she's super awesome. And she was the only person in this world who finally convinced me to get into Harry Potter. So I started reading the books and watching the movies this year. I, um... Don't have a whole lot of time to read those and everything else I try to read, so I, I listen to the audiobooks because I have a pretty long commute every day. Alan. And the audiobooks are really good. If you haven't done the American audiobooks with Jim Dale, it's an amazing narrator. It takes a couple books for him to really find his groove. But man, does he he does like so many great character voices and everything. But oh. so I gotta say I'm finally on the Harry Potter bandwagon. I, absolutely love the books. The movies leave a lot to be desired. I'll debate anyone all day long if they want to talk about how great the movies are because they are really not. No,
1: they're not. Full, I have watched them cuz they're Harry, cause they're Harry Potter.
0: Potter, yeah. Full disclosure, I'm not done with Harry Potter yet because that's how slow I am in all things in my life. I think I'm on book 5 right now. So, I'm getting close. Getting close. I'm getting close. But I can't imagine a world in which I do this multiple times in my life. Like read them.
1: See, I read that, I, I well, you haven't been to my house, but <laughs> I have bookshelf on bookshelf on bookshelf of
0: Of oh, just books. Harry Potter?
1: No, 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 of oh. books, just mm-hmm. books in general. I literally have an entire one shelf, though, that's devoted to the Harry Potter books. That's awesome. And my collections of them. But it's one of those things. I have all these books on my Kindle. I have books mm-hmm. on my phone. I have books that I haven't read on my bookshelf. And yet,
0: you still keep going to HP. On
1: one day, like I'll just be sitting, you know, oh, I don't know what to do today. I'm gonna read *Prisoner of Azkaban*, <laughs> <laughs> and I do in a day, and because I'm that's just I'm I'm hey, a Harry
0: more power to you, man. I I love. It. I mean, I, there there are a lot of books I've read multiple times. I'm not gonna name them because it just show how pretentious I used to be, and I don't want to <laughs> do that. But there are a lot of books that I absolutely love that I'll yeah. read multiple times. It's just with *Harry Potter*, like it's the investment like there's seven of them oh yeah they're pretty long even though they're they're kids i mean it don't doesn't take a whole lot of time it does for me i'm for somebody who's a librarian and an english major i'm i get worse every year i'm a particularly slow reader yeah like, in my in my opinion i i mean i'm probably normal speed but for me with the amount of books i have read in my life which is a lot and many books I want to read. I'm very surprised I've read as many books as I have, given the speed in which I read. I'm I surprised hope. I got through college, frankly.
1: But
0: anyway, okay. So, what's your next comic?
1: Uh, my next comic is uh, Revival. Oh, cool! Revival is my last comic of my my list. Um, but I know it's in, It started in 2012, but it finally cause, and it. I love Revival. The beginning, the first trade was awesome.
0: And this is by. Second,
1: it's by written by Tom Seeley. Okay. Uh, art is by Mike Norton.
0: Okay. Uh,
1: and it's image, like all my other books. Like all. all books <laughs> <laughs> but um, the first trade was awesome. Second trade kind of slowed down.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, third trade went into the more background love story as to how, uh, one of the particular revivers mm-hmm. uh became dead so give you an overview yeah
0: tell us a little bit about this because <laughs> this is one i don't really know a whole lot about so okay. i'll be listening so, to
1: the de- it's set in uh wisconsin and it's one time ta- one particular town in wisconsin that becomes quarantined because all of the dead people come back to life oh
0: it's not the old zombie like, book
1: not zombie,
0: like not, oh, like the returned maybe.
1: They're not brain eating. Yeah, it's kind of like the Returned. Um, I don't know which. Again, I don't know which came first. But um, I think
0: the f- um. Well, I don't know because they I had the say, French show. I for... want to
1: say returned was based on revival. Uh, because I remember at least in the United States version of mm-hmm. the return, it had a a byline for uh, Tim Seeley. Oh, interesting the writer. So, I want to say revival came out first. But, um, but yes, yeah, the dead come back to life. And they're not brain eating zombies. They're just themselves. Um, at first, anyway.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and the problem starts when people who were murdered <laughs> come back to life and want to know why the hell so and so murdered them. Mm hmm. Because uh, a couple of them along the way are either, like, scorned ex-lovers or, you know, uh, people who were cheating or something or mm-hmm. bad business partners. But it's one of those things where all of a sudden this person you thought was out of your life for whether it be six months or five years is all of a sudden at your front door saying, hey, how's those life? <laughs> and <laughs> It's all about the townspeople's reactions. And, of course, the town becomes quarantined mm-hmm. and the government is involved and they're all trying to contain everything. And you can always get the crazy groups of now there's cults dedicated to the revivers that, you know, think they're the next coming or mm-hmm. whatever. <laughs> and uh But, yeah, it's essentially it centers around Martha and Donna, Dana, Dana Cypress. Dana Cypress is a police officer and Martha is her sister, who, unbeknownst to Dana and her father, is a reviver. Oh. She was killed and they tell you later on in another volume how. But um, the whole first trade is amazing. The second trade and the third trade were a little slow for me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But after that, this year, it picked up again. And now it's become this big wrestle between the local and the federal government and the revivers. And it's just – it's a phenomenally written book. Awesome. And I really, really enjoy it. And I recommend it highly to anybody who wants something undead but not zombies. Cool.
0: Yeah, no, I love a good undead story that's not just yeah. zombies attacking people. It's pretty great. But
1: don't that get me wrong. Good. Walking Dead is phenomenal. But – Sometimes you need something other than Listen,
0: the it's going to take us a whole other podcast if you want to have a conversation about The Walking Dead, <laughs> especially the TV show, because I'm not sure I'm not sure how I feel about the show anymore.
1: I <laughs> I've gotten to the point with The Walking Dead where the TV show and the comics are two completely different things for yeah. me. And I've had to do that otherwise I just
0: Oh yeah. I, 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 well, they are. I mean, the plots are have they've diverged a lot, so. So much. Okay, so I know you're on a tight schedule. Do you still have a couple minutes?
1: I do have a couple more minutes.
0: Oh, right. So I believe probably the last book I will talk about, and then maybe I'll just throw out a couple other titles, like runners-up. But for me, the other book I absolutely loved in 2015 was Bitch Planet by Kelly Sue DeConnick and Valentin Mm It It is a fantastic book. The Trade took a long time to come out. Yes, but it did come out last – no, not last month. We're in December now. It came out in October, I believe. Um, the series itself started at the tail end of 2014, but most of, most of the series took place in 2015. The trade came out this year. It is, again, another Image comic, or Believe, right? Yeah, that's Image. Yeah. yeah. Um, holy shit, what a great story. Great <laughs> art. Funny as hell great, like, metaphors and, like, just, it's really, really good. It's about a prison planet where women who are, quote-unquote, non-compliant are sent. So it could be anything from women who don't listen to their husbands, to women who had an affair, to any anything that the male-dominated planet finds offensive about a particular woman could get her sent and labeled non-compliant it's been a really good story I'm not current in it I don't believe I think I might be a couple issues behind so I mean the general premise is that like I, the the main there's a couple prison there's a couple non-compliant women who start a gang and have to compete in some kind of like tournament or some weird thing like that I, I, I don't quite remember it's been a while since I read it But what I will say the best thing about this book is, is how much it's taken off and how much it's influenced people. If you do a Google image search for non-compliant or NC or you look up on Twitter non-compliant, you will find a ton of dedicated fans, mostly women, who get that NC non-compliant logo tattooed on themselves. Yeah. And I think it's fantastic. I think it's... How... When's the last time a comic book has created that kind of following? Yeah. Especially one that came out within a year. Like, within months. Within, like, volume... Within, like, the publishing of the first issue. There were already, like, dedicated people who saw this as the... The breakthrough comic for women. Like, Mm -hmm. this isn't written for me. Like, I enjoy it because... I enjoy good stories, and I enjoy good stories that involve powerful women. I live with powerful women. like <laughs> I, 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 I like stories like this. I'm not the target audience by any stretch of the imagination. Um, it's, it's great. It's a great story. And I recommend any female listener out there, if you like comics at all, whether you like sci-fi comics, whether you like pulp comics, whether you like action comics... Whatever this is this is the comic for you. There's so many different elements in it. There um you know, like I said, there's a pulp feel to it, there's a grindhouse feel to it. A lot of times like the covers have like a very like seventies sexploitation feel to them. You know, they're really like poking fun at the seventies, you know, grindhouse films. I, I, I just I can't say enough how great I thought this book was and how what a breath of fresh air it was in this year. I mean, there have been so many good comics for for women or geared toward women this year. Mm-hmm. None quite like Bitch Planet, though.
1: No, Bitch so, Planet.
0: Bitch Planet is a yeah, it, great. It
1: movie. amazed me how there was there was at least from my uh, feedback at a comic book store.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I had quite a few women who were standoffish about it at first because some ladies don't like the connotation of bitch well they've not embraced the power of the bitch
0: <laughs> and i think that's uh, one of the main and story I works it. understand. Oh, absolutely
1: um but i think once they gave it a shot and read it they liked it mm-hmm. and understood where they were coming from
0: mm-hmm. but it
1: was one of those there's a slight hiccup at least in the, the comic book shop in before it all became very embraced and then we were selling out of back issue number one. Too. Yeah.
0: No, this was a big seller, I remember, when it came out. Yeah. It took the comic book world by storm. Yep. And so I, it, it should be, I know we're not the only ones who are going to be doing a best of 2015. Yep. It better be on everyone's best of 2015. <laughs> you can't talk about 2015 and not talk about Bitch Planet, frankly. Um, okay. Um, I had one other on my list. I kept referring to Scott Snyder earlier, so just just to make sure I don't leave any loose ends on that. Um, <clears throat> his book Witches came out yeah. this year.
1: Oh, how did I miss that?
0: Oh uh, I know Witches <laughs> is really great. Um, I've only read the trade, so I don't know what's out after the trade. It's a fantastic book. It's by Scott Snyder, and the art is done by Jock. And I believe they worked on Batman together too. Yeah. I believe Jock did some Batman art. I love Jock's art. It also reminds me a lot of the guy who used to do Daredevil. Wasn't he Alex Malvadev or something like that? Um that's a really great story about witches <laughs> who like a covenant that lives out in the woods. And there's really not a whole lot I can say without spoiling anything. It's a scary book, it's a creepy book. Um you read it right? Yeah, anything, yeah. yeah. A, Help I'm me a, out here because
1: issues behind. Yeah, because I I fail at that.
0: But, but it 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 take it, 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 it. I was really I know I was really confused when I started reading it because I didn't really know what was happening. Like, yeah, I, I was, I exactly felt, it's really it, jumpy.
1: Yeah, it's jumpy, but I, it's it's super creepy. It's yeah. very much a horror comic.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. it's uh, one of the best horror comics of the year.
1: It's it's fantastic though, and, and if all- the ones that doesn't stay in stock for very long.
0: No, I can't imagine it would. Um, yeah, if you get past like the first couple issues, just stick with it. I mean, it's jumping. You're trying to figure out what's happening, mm-hmm. but that's also part of the storytelling. Yeah. They're try- They're they're giving you that that mystery because it's supposed to be kind of disorienting. If you get through it, it's it's really good. It's really good. The um the story of this of these witches and and people who are pledged to them and. And all that stuff, it's really, it's really good. It's really creepy. Um, I saw an interview, or saw, I, I heard an interview with Scott Snyder a long time ago where he talked about, like, he lives, like, in the backwoods of, like, upstate New York, I believe. Yeah. And he's not, like, he's a city boy. So the premise of this book is he was just really creeped out when he moved to the woods and he just thought, like, all the little noises you hear in the forest and all that stuff, he was really creeped out by it. So this story what? came to him. <laughs> through that because the witches live in trees in this yeah. story so i mean that so it's it's really cool it's so freaking creepy and and jock as, as the art the art of this just amplified like the story on its own probably wouldn't be that scary if they didn't have such creepy art to it
2: yeah
0: all right so those are our best of 2015 we left we talked about TV shows we talked about comics um as far as movies go real quick I think hands down the best comic related or nerdy movie of 2015 has to be Mad Max right
1: Mad Max are
0: yeah we, are we in agreement with that I mean, nothing else was that great this year right as far as movies go Age, well, of much- Al- Age-, have- Age of Ultron came out that wasn't great it wasn't bad but it wasn't great
1: it wasn't bad but it wasn't great
0: Ant-Man same thing it wasn't bad it wasn't great
1: Ant-Man tripped me out because the um, what's his name Michael Pena
0: oh yeah well he stole the show
1: he stole the show but Josh do you remember my brother from high school at all
0: yeah a little bit yeah
1: Yeah. Michael Pena is my brother (laughs) in the movie. Like, I'm sitting here watching this. I'm like, oh, God, James could have been.
0: Oh, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, He could have been. That's funny. That
1: whole backstory, like, where he goes on this tangent of telling you how he found out whatever information he has.
0: So I knew this guy one time. I had a friend.
1: (laughs) My brother does the same thing. (laughs) And I'm sitting here watching this going, oh, Lord, Michael Pena is playing my brother.
0: That's funny. What else came out this year? Jurassic World wasn't, wasn't great, wasn't bad.
1: I appreciated it for what it was. Oh
0: yeah, I love Jurassic. I bought it. It was on sale Black Friday. I bought it. Like it was entertaining as hell, and I love I love all the callbacks to the original. Oh yeah, but it's not. Well,
1: and I loved. I never remember his name. The guy that's in New Girl. uh, I don't ever remember his name. But then he's wearing a Jurassic Park shirt, like from the first movie. Oh
0: yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Yeah,
1: I love that.
0: So yeah. So I don't. I don't know if we're missing any movies, but I, I feel like. It's from this point forward, though, we're gonna have a hundred superhero movies every two seconds. I, oh, and um, we're recording this before Star Wars comes out, so I'm sure oh, yeah. next weekend when Star Wars comes out,
1: I have my tickets for Thursday.
0: So, yeah. yeah, I don't know when we're going yet. We're um, Star Wars comes out um, the same weekend as Christine's birthday, so we're trying to figure out what. To, That's
1: you know, like what the we're best doing. birthday present ever, though.
0: Yeah, she. I mean, she loves Star Wars, but she's not. <laughs> she's not a huge super nerd is like me so i don't know if we're going to be first in line on friday or, or what's going on so
1: chris, chris and i have uh tickets for reserved seating nice. at a movie theater already on thursday
0: that's awesome yeah um my other friends nick and jessica we have that we have the other podcast together comic flops go check it out um yeah they have their thursday night seats as well so so yeah all the super nerds around me have it but okay. I, I will see it. I will see it, and I'm sure it will. I don't know if it's gonna crush Mad Max though, because Mad Max was such a surprise to me of how it good it was, and was... like I I expect Star Wars to be good. Like Star yeah. Wars is in a bad situation right now, where if it's if it's bad, if it's not great, I'm we're all gonna just riot. I it...
1: just I don't want it to be Phantom Menace.
0: I know, but that's that's the problem they have right now. Like even if if this movie is fantastic, everyone's gonna be like yep, it's what I thought it should be mm-hmm. and that's gonna be it like there's no way anyone's gonna leave this movie and just be like wow I yeah. didn't see that coming like everyone's just gonna be like it better be fantastic and if it's not if it's not 10 out of 10 then I'm gonna be pissed off
1: see I'm also one of the people though who has never I've I've refused and avoided all trailers for Star Wars
0: oh man good job I, any of them. I hate trailers I hate them but
1: working where I work is Damn near impossible. I can't
0: imagine how you did it. I've <laughs> seen I've seen two Star Wars trailers. Yeah, one nope. of them I was forced to see. The other one I, I watched because I was excited. But
1: yeah, I've avoided all
0: of them. So. All right. So that's our best of 2015. Um, shortly, soon we will be recording our next episode. It will come out probably a week or two weeks after this one is put up. And we will be talking about what we're looking forward to in 2016, both comic books, graphic novels, movies, TV shows, whatever we can think of.
2: Civil War.
0: Sounds good. Oh, Civil War, yeah. Oh, my God. All right. So, this has been Josh. And, and Angel. You have been Angel. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you so much for listening.
1: Have a great 2016. Bye.
0: Hey, before we say goodbye, I have a couple books that I forgot to mention while Angel and I were recording. The first one is Sunny Side Up by Jennifer and Matthew Holm. This is an all-ages book, very much in the spirit of Raina Tallemeyer. Not only is the story very good, but it's set in my neck of the woods, so I'm I'm super in on that book. It's about a young girl who spends her summer with her grandfather at his South Florida retirement home. We find out that she comes to live with him because her parents are dealing with her older brother's drinking or drug problem. I forget which one it is. It might be both. So the story really touches you on on a couple different levels. I I can't recommend it enough. Um, Before I hit record, I checked on Amazon. They're currently out of stock on the book. If you just do a, a Twitter search for Sunnyside Up, you'll see that this book is being talked about a lot. So I'm sure you'll find it on a lot of top graphic novels of 2015 lists and finally the other book i neglected to mention was baba yaga's assistance assistant by um, marka makula and emily carroll obviously with em- emily carroll the art is amazing but the story is great as well this is another great all ages book about a young girl this time it's about a young girl whose mother died and she spent many years mostly being raised by her grandmother because her dad was in mourning and kind of threw himself into his work. After her grandmother passes and her dad gets engaged to a new woman, Masha, the main character, decides to answer an ad that she sees in the newspaper from Baba Yaga. This is a great story for anyone who loves fairy tales, especially people who love modern spins on them. It's it's really good, I can't recommend it enough, and I'm sure you will find that book on many Best of 2015 lists as well. All right. So that wraps up part one. We'll be back in one week. Yeah, you heard me right. One week, not two weeks, like usual. We'll be back with part two. Next week, Angel and I will talk about what we're looking forward to in 2016. If you'd like to share your suggestions for the best of 2015, drop me a line on Twitter at Assemble Podcast. Oh, and I keep forgetting the music used in all of our episodes, today's episode included, was created by Gumble and is being used under the Creative Commons license. All right, have a fantastic week, everyone.